Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Just Films and That, the podcast that celebrates films we think might be underrated, underappreciated, or we just really, really wanted to talk about them. As well as this podcast, you can find us on the television every Friday night on the local TV network, but we'll talk more about that at the end. For now, I am your host, Alice Oliver. With me, as always, is Josh Hallam, and this week it was his turn to pick the film, and he went with Saturday Night Fever from 1977. So, let's get to it. So then, Josh, you picked this week's film, Saturday Night Fever, from 1977. So, spoiler warning, listeners, if you haven't seen it. So, Josh, tell us, what is the film about and why did you pick it? Okay, so what's the film about? John Travolta plays Tony. He is growing up in, I think, Brooklyn or Jersey in New York. He is working a pretty much dead-end job. He strives for more from his life. He strives for more from his friends. He wants he has big dreams of being a star, being happier, being wealthier, all these things. And he really comes alive when he's on the dance floor on a Saturday night where he gets his, I think this is where the title comes from, Alice, Saturday Night Fever. Yep. Ooh, that, it's getting that's the kind of analysis here. you come here for, the title. There um, you go. <laughs> so that's what it's about pretty much in a nutshell without going into too much. Um, why did I pick this? So I picked this because... We like to do a classic film every now and then, and I thought it was about time we did another one, and it was my turn to pick. Um, and I wanted to do a more modern classic film, because classic doesn't mean mm -hmm. old. You know, we, we've done of classic course. films, Meet Me in St. Louis, Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, The Great Dictator. They're all... Yes, years yeah, ago. 60, years 70 ago. years old, older, whatever. And I thought, mm -hmm. well, let's let's pick something a little bit more recent. I mean, you mm -hmm. can say anything as a classic. You can say... Um, you know, Avengers Endgame from 20, 2020 is, is, or 2019 is, is a classic if you want. So I thought that's, mm -hmm. I think, I thought, I think that's why I picked it. The other thing is I'd never seen this before. So when, when we do the classics, we always pick a film that at least one of us hasn't seen before. At we try and do was, both. Yes. We, we, we try and do both, mm -hmm. um, which I think is the case with this one, if I'm, if I'm right. Um, so I was, I was intrigued to watch it because I've heard a few things people say, you know, it's not what you think it's going to be. When you think of Saturday Night Fever, you think of the white suit and the disco dancing and the Bee Gees. Um, I mean, it was it was a lot about yeah, those things. There's a lot of that. <laughs> it was there's, definitely there's a, a lot, lot of that in things. it. But I think there's a I I I heard 
and we'll come into it whether it is or not, that there's a sort of grittier side to, to this film. Oh, um, There are yeah. layers. There and are layers. It was a massive hit when it, when it was released in terms of, I think, I think I'm right in saying, until The Bodyguard came out, this was the number one soundtrack or film soundtrack. Um, ah. So I was interested to, to look at it, really, because I'd not seen it. And it is, it is iconic when you think of how influential it's been on other things and the imagery and the iconography we were just talking about, the white suit, John Travolta mm -hmm. staying alive, etc., etc. So that's why I picked it. So what did you think? Uh, so I actually really enjoyed myself. I kind of thought I would because, as I've said before a few times now, when things are music heavy, mm. I'm quite invested. And I did a lot of singing and a lot of dancing as this film was yeah. going on. I'm, I, I'm not even exaggerating. I know, you know, people say things like this or whatever, but I was literally sat on the sofa, swinging side to side, bopping along and singing to the songs because they're just, it's so catchy. Yeah. And it is very, it's very magnetic, mm. isn't it? And the, the dance sequences are so, I mean, they're very well choreographed, first of all, but the whole thing is put together like a musical, yeah. except instead of these big musical numbers, you've got these big dance numbers, but like you'll be in the middle of like some action or maybe an argument or something will be going on and suddenly, oh, everything, everyone stop. We've got to do a great big dance <laughs> number now. So I thought it was just really interesting the way that it was constructed. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, I mean, the other thing I wanted to say was we'd never done a John Travolta film before. Not a single one, no. Um, and, and obviously this is one of the ones he's most known for. It's quite crazy when you think yeah. this is this is the year after Greece this was made and this came the out. The year after, So is it? that must have been a crazy couple of years for John Travolta to be to be in um in Greece, which was obviously a huge hit. And then this. Um And then he missed out on Greece too. And then he and then he missed out on Greece too, and that's the end of the of the references to Greece too. And there's Okay, a... <laughs> uh, the end. Um, Put a pin in that. So Josh. Let me ask you, what did you think about it? And did you feel the way that you thought you were going to feel about it? Yes and no. So oh, go on. So, I, so I liked it. Tell me more. Tell Sorry, I'll right, stop. Right, I'll stop. That's, that's a warning. Yeah, that is a yellow card. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so I, I really liked it. You know, it had, it had a gritty 70s feel to it. It felt like other films from the 70s. You know, things like The French Connection and that sort of film where... It feels grimy and cramped and dirty and sweaty. I think the mm. overall look and feel and sound of the film are, are, are one of its biggest qualities. Back to what you're saying there, the soundtrack is iconic. You've got oh, more than a woman staying alive, um, night fever, and these and those songs are played over, over and, and over, over again. again. You've got like it's it's interesting that they chose to do that instead of just picking more mm. songs. They sort of had the core three or four and just played them over and over yeah. and over again. And listen, uh, I ain't complaining. I no, had a good time. <laughs> and so that that soundtrack is iconic. And you've seen those mm. songs interwoven into so many other things via tribute or parody or for whatever reason and it, a lot of it comes from this film because that soundtrack really is one of the things this film is, is mainly known for really isn't it mm -hmm. and that feeds back into what we're saying there about about the look of the film you know outside of the nightclub everything in this film is gray and brown mm. and and yeah. dirty it's a, bit, it's a and, bit it's it's not great is it yeah. like uh tony's whole thing is that he wants to escape yeah, his life. Yeah. And this dance, the club, that's his escapism, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and then when he gets in the club, it's colour. It's colour. So Everyone's colourful. wearing big flamboyant suits, 
dresses. Oh, it's yeah. not, you know, beautiful hair. Oh, it's so seventies. The hair. Yeah. It's it's. <laughs> I mean, it's it was made in the seventies, so of course it's seventies. So. I really liked that. I thought it looked and felt and sounded incredible. It definitely had a real impact on a lot of your senses outside of taste <laughs> and smell. Certainly. Um, and I really enjoyed how a lot of the soundtrack and a lot of the songs, they would flow from being uh, non-diegetic into mm, diegetic yeah. and then vice versa. So a song would be on the radio and then suddenly uh, Tony and Stephanie, who's his sort of love interest, would then be dancing to it. Or, you know, um, the very beginning opens with that iconic scene of him strutting mm. down the street, you know, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> and that's obviously non-diegetic, but then he goes into work and like that song's yeah, on, on the, the radio. radio yeah. And there was a lot of that going on and I thought that was really clever. And this really helped absorb you into the world. And when you paired that along with some of the camera work, which was quite fly-on-the-wall camera work. Like, you've yeah. got a lot of the camera sort of walking backwards as people are walking down the street. A lot of angles, isn't there? There's a lot of, uh, so, a lot oh, of angles in there. Yeah, you've got low angles, you've got high angles. There's one beautiful shot where the camera is outside of, it's either a restaurant or a diner or something, and it follows Tony and Stephanie as they're walking outside, and then they walk into the diner, mm. and the camera is just watching them from outside the window as that sort of scene unfolds. So it did a really good job, I think, of immersing you into that world through the sound, through the soundtrack, and the camera work. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It really does immerse you in that world and and hits you, you know, hit, like I said, hits every sense. The other thing I liked about it was that it deals with a lot of particularly social and economic issues. And I it think does. that it... it a, I, I mean, I, I didn't not expect that because I'd read that. But if I was to go into this based on what I knew from parody and posters and references... I would be expecting, you know, a dancing film, a, a step mm -hmm. up or or something like that. And it and it's not that. It's it's absolutely not that. Or perhaps it is, but but it certainly deals with a lot of issues. And I think that there's a lot of things that that it deals with in this film that are still very much relevant today. It deals with drugs, it deals with religion, it deals with the wealth gap and social classes and and people trying to dig themselves out of, you know poverty or trying to better themselves or whatever and it, and it still feels very relevant today and it's and it's almost i mean it's almost 50 years old it's what is it 35 years old this year so is it 30 no sorry 45 years old this year so um yeah so i thought We've lost a few years there yeah we? with the pandemic and everything's just screwed our whole concept of it's time it's still over. march 2020 <laughs> um yeah so yeah. i really enjoyed that i enjoyed the the way it dealt with issues and it wasn't afraid to show you flawed characters there's no one in this film who's mm. like they're they're just a good guy like everyone no, in definitely it. Not. tony is is not a good guy he no, does not act does well very in this film things it, mm -hmm. he, you know it, i mean let's not beat around the bush he essentially attempts to rape somebody he does someone he's supposed to like someone supposed to like and and that is mm. and the way they deal with that is, is is i think it's really good because they don't not that any film would make it seem like he was doing the right thing but they make him seem like in his head, he's he's misguided. He thinks he's sort of acting right, or I don't really. Yeah, he thinks that he's maybe not doing anything wrong, or it's that male entitlement, or or whatever. And you know, we're dancing together, so and I like you, so you've got to like me, and I and 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 I want you, so why don't you want me? And and that sort of thing. And I think that's really that's really interesting because I, I think in a roundabout way, what I'm trying to say is is it's not afraid to show you flawed characters, but ultimately. Mm -hmm. Tony seems to be trying to do the right thing, even if it's just for himself. 
and he does show remorse and all that sort of thing. So, yeah, and one of the things I really like about this film is is it deals really well with that idea of social class and trying to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. And and it's it's quite an interesting idea because Tony is is quite a macho, um, masculine character, but he blows off steam and really aspires to be a dancer. And it's funny, isn't it? Because for a while, that wasn't really considered. You know, I, I used to do dance at school and I got really like relentlessly bullied for it. Oh. So, yeah, I'm not using this as like a therapy thing or anything like that, but at some point... <laughs> well, you can if you want, yeah, George, is what we're here for. <laughs> at, at some point, it became like not cool. And then maybe I think as we've got more into to more recent times with, with where dancing again has become more mainstream and you get things like diversity or even things like Strictly Come Dancing or... or yeah, or, dancing on ice. Yeah, dancing on ice. Or, yeah. or people like Tom Holland becoming, or Channing Tatum becoming like, these massive, massive stars. Well, they started as, certainly with dance training. Um, so mm. I think that's really interesting. I, I think it makes a really good comment on toxic masculinity, I think is the point I'm trying to uh, trying yeah, to make. Certainly. I, find, I do find that interesting, though, that you described Tony as macho, because that isn't the word I would have used for him at all. In fact, my kind of observation of it um, was this a new kind of man. You yeah. know, he's a new kind of protagonist. Like, even in his bedroom, he's got, like, posters of uh, Sylvester Stallone yeah. and, like, these old Bruce school Lee action heroes. And, yeah. yeah, but he's there using a blow dryer on his hair, combing his hair to That's true, actually. Life. That's true. He won't even eat his dinner without being wrapped in a sheet yeah. because he doesn't want to uh, get get food and stuff. So he doesn't want to mess up his appearance. And he completely owns that. He owns the fact that he cares about his appearance. He cares about what he's wearing. He cares about what his hair looks like. But to sort of come off what you say about him being macho, he does have quite a violent streak to him as well. And obviously one of the running narratives throughout the film is that they've got this beef going on with like a rival gang or whoever mm. it is, these, you know, group of people on the other side of town who they think that they've beat up one of their friends. So then they're planning yeah. like, this raid, aren't they? They're like planning to go over there. It's like, oh, we're going to beat them up and they end up crashing their car into the building yeah. and stuff like that. So he has got those undercurrents. But it's like his it's the dance that's his escape. Yeah. That's what always what he'd rather be doing. Like the whole film is just bits of his life broken up with these dance mm. sequences. And mm. that's where he'd rather be at all yeah, times. Yeah, that's an interesting point. So maybe like you say, it's a it's a new type of man, or it's a new type of man for the 70s, which is which is that he's still very masculine, but he cares about his appearance. He's very what you what we would say now is metrosexual. Whereas back then you might think of heroes as rough around the edges sort of thing. Yeah, massive muscles. Yeah, you know, yeah. Kind of always looking for a fight. And there is touches of that, but it isn't the overarching thing, is no, it? No, it's and not. And he's not always looking for a fight. He is always usually just looking for a dance. Yeah. Um, just bouncing off that as well, there is a bit of a blend of genres at times. Because sometimes the, the gang, you know, the group of lads, they do things that are quite that are quite, not childish, but you just kind of remind you of how young they are. Yeah. Like the way they talk about things, the way they talk about girls, you know, I think there's one scene where they're playing basketball or something, um, and then, you know, the way that they act in the club and stuff. But then in between this, you've got this quite violent, you know, um, tendencies yeah. and, you know, this sort of gang culture. Gang that mentality. They be a part yeah. Of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, so I thought that was quite interesting how they sort of blended the two together. And then when you've got all that happening with this BG soundtrack, yeah. which is obviously quite lighthearted and quite romantic, it just makes for a very interesting viewing experience. And it it just makes you feel so many different things. So did you like and it then? then? I did. I did like yeah. it on the, on the for the most part. I did like it, and I liked it much more than I thought I would. There certainly are issues mm, that we'll yeah. we'll definitely come on to in the dislikes. But overall, I was really impressed, and it wasn't just like it, like you say, it wasn't just about the flash. It wasn't just about you know that it wasn't just about the dance, and it wasn't just about the hair and the clothes and looking fabulous. It was about all these other kind of social things going on as well. And there's a real kind of dark undercurrent of one of his friends, one of Tony's friends, he's got a girl pregnant mm. and he keeps saying things like, I've got no one to talk to. Like, what am, What do I do? What do I do? And he doesn't know what to do. And we keep coming back to this and we keep having the same conversations where he's just trying to talk to people about it, but no one's really that interested. And then eventually he dies, mm. doesn't he? Because he falls off the bridge and it's kind of like a, is that a suicide? Yeah. Is that just him not caring about his life enough? Just recklessness, to, you know, yeah. He was, Exactly, to be doing something so reckless. And I thought that was really interesting because every time he spoke, like whether it was to Tony or whether it was to Tony's brother, obviously, who was a priest and now he's back. So he thinks, oh, yeah, I can talk to this priest. He'll, he'll you know, want to hear what I have to say and he can help me. But he doesn't help him either. And it just keeps coming back to this. And it's like, oh, God, this guy's really struggling. Oh, but now we're dancing again and the Bee Gees are playing. It's like, oh, it's fun and it's great. And then he dies at the end. And it's a bit like, oh. Yeah, kind of pa packs a little punch, I think. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it really does. It does pack a punch. That's a really it's a good way of putting it. That it, it into like you say it it cuts between interweaves happy dancing and them living their lives, which in which they are pretty much seem to be unhappy or unmotivated mm. or unambitious or whatever. I thought that um, John John Travolta's performance was really good, but I also thought that I think it's pronounced. Donna Perkow was really good in it. Who played Annette? Mm -hmm. Annette. I thought she yeah. was incredible. I've not yeah. seen her in much else. I thought she was brilliant in this, especially towards the end. She had quite a difficult task as well, sort of playing that character, and and she's interesting as well because you've got Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. 
like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's not, not a role reversal, but you've got this young girl who's obviously, she's quite keen to be sexually active. Yeah. And especially with Tony. And she's very forward and she makes it very clear that she wants to have sex with him. Um, and then it, that's obviously the feeling isn't reciprocated. And it's just interesting to, I guess, see a woman like yeah. that in the 70s in, you know, a film sort of made that was made this long ago. She isn't, you know, just kind of prim and proper or, you know, trying to repress her sort of animal instincts or whatever it may be. It's like she has these sexual desires and she's very vocal about them. And then that's an interesting juxtaposition then between her and then Stephanie, who isn't necessarily that sexual. Mm. She just wants to dance. But because she is such a fabulous dancer, she is the one that Tony wants. And that is what holds his interest, isn't mm. it? It's because, no, the, here's the woman that I want to dance with, who I can dance with, and who will make me a better dancer. So we'll move on now then to talking about anything that we disliked about the film or anything that we would perhaps change. So, Josh, let's come to you first. What do you reckon? A, a couple of bits for me on this. I think the first is... The first one, which is just a little one, which I think there is elements of, I really like the, the the repetitive use of music, but there is elements a little bit in the two-hour runtime where it becomes a bit repetitive and a bit slow yeah. in places. Mm -hmm. That's just one thing. I don't think there's much that can be done about that. Uh, well, none, none of this can be done about anything. It's a 45-year-old film. Uh, but anyway, the other thing is, I mean, obviously, goes without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway, the actions of some of the characters aren't great and that leaves you mm -hmm. struggling to empathize with them, which I know isn't the is is the point. You don't have to I like to like my characters, so do you. We've talked about it in the in the mm -hmm. past. But sometimes it is interesting to explore people who feel like real people because people are real and people are flawed and people do do shitty, horrible, evil things sometimes. But I think with this is the I think one of the issues I found was that there's a there's a lack of exposition. Between, at the beginning between Tony and his mates. So it took me a little while to figure out who they all were. Mm -hmm. So because they've all got nicknames and, and that sort of thing, and because they all dress the same and all have their hair a certain way because that's the style. I mean, they're like the T-Birds, aren't they? In Greece, they're exactly yeah, they like are. the T-Birds. Yeah, it's like someone did like a, a Snyder cut of Greece and then they <laughs> made yes, this. Yes. Um, but yeah, so, so I, I found it a little hard exposition-wise to know who they are. So then when they started doing stuff, like it, even after one of them gets beaten up by a gang who might mm -hmm. be the other gang or, or who might not be, um, I was sort of a bit like, I don't, I don't really care. Mm -hmm. So I found it a little hard to give a shit a little bit mm -hmm. in places. But other than that, not not loads. I, I mean, overall, I in, I enjoyed it. It was good. Um, it wasn't. It didn't blow me away, but, but it was good. But we'll come on to that. What about you? Because... I think you probably got, you might have more issues with it than I did, but, but let's see. What do you reckon? Certainly. And like you've already touched on, really, some of the actions, some of the language used by mm. some of the characters, there's a lot of uh, quite racist language and quite sexist language. They're quite derogatory towards uh, minorities and towards women at times. Um, but I, like you said, they're not particularly likable people. Yeah. Um, and I do kind of think that this is quite indicative of the time as well. Like the way that they were speaking, 
I would imagine is the way that 19 year old lads growing up in New York, some some sections at least, would yeah. speak that way. Still is, it still um, is in, 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 in well, some places. Well, of course. Absolutely, that's the thing. And I don't think at any point they were rewarded. Nope. And I don't think it was ever really um, brought to us as a, as a good thing or cool as a positive for, thing. They're not cool for it, are or, they? Yeah. No, not really. Um, so some of that I had issue with. Obviously, if it was made today, I'd, I'd like to see things like that dropped and changed yeah. or at least have some proper repercussions. Well, there's a musical, isn't there? That There's a musical that, that is sort of touring now, I think. So I'd be interested to know... I mean, obviously, the musical's probably going to be a lot more upbeat and stuff, but I wonder how they deal with that sort of thing. But like you say, they are... They're real people. Well, not as in they're not real people, but they're not based on real people. But they are people are real, people are flawed, and this doesn't shy away from that. And sometimes that is necessary when you're trying to convey a, a message, really. Yeah, certainly. And the other thing is obviously about there being repercussions. So Annette seems to get raped uh, at the end by two by two of the guys, two of the guys in the gang. One of them, she sort of starts having sex with him, and she seems to kind of be enjoying it at first. And then halfway through, you can tell, like, oh, no, she's actually not enjoying this. She's just doing it to sort of try and make Tony jealous. And then that guy goes into the front of the car, and then his mate goes into the back of the car, and then rapes her there. And there is no repercussions for this. There, there's no there's no character sort of telling them off. There's no prison sentence. There's no, you know, nothing really happens after that, which it felt like a, it felt like a bit of a letdown because it's almost... It's sending out a bit of an odd message because Annette wanted to be sexually active before and, she, you know, she was lusting after Tony. And, you know, she was being a bit inappropriate with him, granted, but she didn't force herself on him necessarily. And then for that to happen to her, it almost felt a bit like, oh, listen, women, if you try to be sexually active or if you, you know, try to just be sexual, this is what happens to you and, like, this is your punishment. So I could have just done with something like some punishment for them, like yeah, maybe get I mean, punched in the face or maybe if one of them had fallen off the bridge or something, yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah, the only one who's not horrible to her is the one that that, that dies, yeah, isn't he? Yeah, um, exactly. I mean, yeah, I mean, the, the, I, there is nothing more for me to say on that. You are absolutely right. I think just to add to it one little thing, which is I'd like to have seen I got a happier ending. Yeah, certainly. Well, and that brings me on to my next point, I think, which is about the ending. So mm. it felt very abrupt. It felt like yeah. we didn't really get any resolution. And listen, I don't always need a they lived happily ever after kind of ending. And I appreciate films that when they take a risk and when they don't do that, and that's fine. But when it ended, so we've got Tony and uh, Stephanie who are just kind of having a chat and hugging on her windowsill in her apartment. And then it just ends. And I was like, oh, okay. So what happened? What happened to all those people? What happened to Annette? Did the guy who fall off the bridge actually die? Like they, they were searching for his body. We never found him. What happened to his girlfriend who was pregnant? Like it, it just felt incomplete. A yeah. bit. Did you did you feel that? Am I just sort of seeing that? I now I I I didn't feel it at the time. I didn't not feel it as well. But now that you've mentioned it, it's funny. You are I I I would probably agree because it did feel quite long as well. And for a film that felt quite long and quite repetitive in places, perhaps a better resolution. I mean, you know, Tony moves to New York mm -hmm. and him and Stephanie agree to be friends after he's you know, tried to rape her. Mm -hmm. But then there's nothing more to it, really. Mm -hmm. I think when you, when you pay a lot of attention to the supporting characters like this film does, particularly Annette, 
and particularly his brother. I'd like to have seen a bit more of an ending. Well, yeah. Doesn't even have, have to be with happy. What happened his brother? He goes off. I think he. I think he. He drives off, doesn't he, into the. He goes sunset. to live in. Um, <laughs> he like he like goes off to live in a DOS house, or goes mm. off to live in a in digs or something like that, as in a, a house share with with people. Um, but yeah, I would agree with that. Mm. A happier or more rounded ending. More rounded, yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't want to say it had to be happy because sometimes I get. You know, uh, sometimes I think, oh, you know, so-and-so was such a great villain. I would have loved to have seen them win or whatever. But with this, I, something else just needed to happen, I thought. Uh, and finally, I didn't completely believe that Tony would have been willing to get into a fight that way because of how much he cares about dancing. So obviously he cares yeah. about not only how he looks, but that his body can work. Like, these were mm. some pretty aggressive fights. Imagine if his legs had been broken, his arms had been broken, if his face, like, he got a bit of a bruise on his face, but mm. it wasn't too bad. But that could have gone a lot, lot worse. Like, we saw his mate in the hospital who was, like, in the hospital bed, couldn't get up, completely bandaged, sort of from head to toe. I just don't don't totally buy that Tony would have been in for it. Yeah, I mean, like you say, dancers are are like any athlete. They have to look after exactly. their body. I mean, if you ever and he you took ever it see, very seriously. Yeah, I mean, if you ever see if you ever see dancers, I mean, Jesus, you'll you'll you'd be hard pressed to find a fittest person. Yeah, yeah. Then, What's then, the body then, fat then. percentage on that? Like five percent or something? Like whoo. <laughs> So we'll move on then to talking about the critical reception and whether or not we feel that it's deserving of its classic status. So I haven't seen the critical reception, but I've got a feeling that it did do quite well because mm. I know it is quite iconic. I do think you can still see certain elements of it today, like that that opening scene of him strutting down with Staying Alive playing, I've seen in The Simpsons, probably yeah. Family Guy, and, you know, probably all the other cartoons and sitcoms, etc. There was also one scene, actually, where it's evening and they're sat on a bench looking at a bridge. And I feel like that scene has been parodied a few times as well. So there's definitely still, you know, it has reverberated through the decades, shall we say. Um, I reckon it got at least a seven and a half critically at least a seven go, and a half i think i'll go bang on like 7.5 and i'll sit there okay so it's, it's funny when we do the classics we talk about the critical reception we're not necessarily saying if the critical reception is fair are we what, what we're sort of saying is this is deemed by us i suppose to be a classic so does it deserve to be so so looking at the critical reception anyway the the, the imdb at the time of recording is 6.8 oh. out of 10 that surprises me. Yeah, I was quite surprised by that. Then on Over and Rotten Tomatoes, the audience give it a similar 71%. Yeah. And the critics, although it's only based on a couple of reviews, give it 82%, ah. which averages out about 73%, which what? I think is um which I think which I think is about just under what you were saying. Mm -hmm. Um so my question, I suppose, for you then is twofold. Firstly, what do you think of the critical reception? Is it fair? And secondly, considering the critical reception and everything we've talked about, does it deserve to be a classic? I am I'm surprised by the critical reception. I think that didn't quite do as well as I was expecting. Maybe that audience score, what was that, like a 7.1? Maybe more about that. Yeah. But I would have thought it would have landed at least in the sevens across the board. Um, I wonder if it is... a appropriately rated but the thing is with the classic films and something that I do like to try and do is put myself in the mindset of someone back then and try and think about what are the films you would have seen so far what are some of the things that are about to come after 
And for me, this just kind of really stood out of, of having this interesting mix of, you know, this dance and the costume and the hair and all this fancy stuff. And then all this other grim shit that's going on alongside it. And at times the balance maybe was a bit off but I thought that it blended really nicely. And you got such a great physical performance, not only from John Travolta, but from many of the cast in there. So, I, I mean, I feel like it's a little bit underrated, Josh, I'll be honest. You think it's, you think it's underrated? Just a little bit. An underrated bit. classic. I was just really, I, I just, it, it definitely made me feel something. And it made me feel something that I just wasn't expecting. I thought mm. it was going to be all mouth and no trousers. I thought it was yeah. going to be all hair, no substance. Do you know what I mean? I wasn't yeah. expecting, especially with this BG's how deep is your love, like soundtrack going all the way through. <laughs> I just wasn't expecting it, I think. So I think, you know what? I think because it surprised me, that's probably why. Because that's okay. And that's why I feel like maybe it is a bit underrated. I do think it's a classic and I do think people still talk about it now, you know, what it did, what it did for the Bee Gees. And, you know, it's kind of cemented them and those songs in particular. Like, if you're not playing Staying Alive at your a wedding night, like, are you even married sort of thing? It's like that sort of thing, <laughs> isn't it? What about you? What is your take on this? It's, yeah, I mean, critically, 73 average is probably about what I'd give it, maybe mm. even a little bit higher in terms of, my enjoyment of the film. I thought it was good. I thought it was flawed. And I did have a few issues around empathizing with the characters or, you know, in fact, not even empathizing, just following who was who and that sort of thing. And obviously, mm -hmm. like we said, some of the actions of the characters, although it is portraying them as flawed. Um, however, you know, we're deciding if it's a classic or not. And I just, I cannot look past the white suit, mm -hmm. the Bee Gees, the strutting, the dancing, John Travolta. I mean, I would say, I would say more people. If you said to me, John Travolta, I would think of him in the white suit doing the pointing to the ceiling more than I would think of Danny Zuko. Mm -hmm. I think of that more. I mean, they're both iconic. But if you said to me specifically John Travolta, I'd say this over Greece. So not face off, no. <laughs> no, not um, <laughs> not primary colors or battlefield Earth or any of those. Um, yeah. So I I think. Yeah, it's just, I can't look past the legacy of how famous certain points of the film are. Mm -hmm. It's got a great soundtrack, and I think it's definitely worth a watch, even if it's, it, you could almost say to people, you know, this is what it was like in certain areas of New York in the 70s. It might be quite an interesting piece to look at in, in that sense, and it certainly does some exploration of like what you were saying in terms of masculinity versus image and self-image and all that sort of thing. So, yes, it is, it is a classic because its legacy is just undeniable, I think, and its influence. I think it just really gave an image to those men at that time who did want to care about their hair and did want to care about um, their their clothes and stuff and their appearance and to dance in that way. And that, that stuff, like, not only is it cool, it's pretty impressive. So, you know, you shouldn't be feeling like you can't do that just because all the soup, all the heroes and all the protagonists that you've seen so far in cinema are one way, are these beefcakes with giant muscles and guns and in the army and all this. It just brought something a bit different, I thought. Okay, so there we go. Saturday Night Fever is a classic and we deem it so. Mm-hmm. There you go. You heard it here. Probably not first, ladies and gentlemen. Probably not first. Probably not even second. Um, <laughs> so, Alice, from Saturday Night Fever to whatever you're picking next, 
Mm-hmm. You've got a look on your face. Okay. What are we going for next week? Yeah, I think this can go one way or the other with you, Josh, but we're going to watch something a little bit different. Don't poo-poo it until you've heard it. Next week, we're going to watch and analyse Catfish. The documentary. Mm. Interesting. Okay. Mm. Interesting. Well, I will watch that and then we'll talk about it because that is the concept of the podcast that is that is good thing you remembered and good thing you reminded everybody (laughs) yes it is um thank you very much for joining us everybody um if you would like to get in touch with us the email address is filmsandthatpod at gmail.com and we're on all the usual social medias facebook instagram twitter tiktok just search for just films and that or films and that pod and we'll come up You'll see the logo. There we are. We try and put out content, so give us a follow. Yes, thank you so much for listening, everyone. And we are also on the television every Friday night on the local TV network. So if you live in Liverpool, Leeds, Birmingham, Bristol, or the North East, you can find us on Channel 7 on Freeview. Or if you live in North Wales or South Wales, you can find us on Channel 8 on Freeview. You can also find us across the country on Sky on Channel 195. We are all over the place, so keep an eye out for us. That's every Friday night from 6pm and some sometimes on Mondays as well. Yes, much like the soundtrack for Saturday Night Fever in the late 70s, we are everywhere. So thank you very much for joining (laughs) me. Uh, Alice Oliver, it's been a pleasure as always. Thank you so much, Josh. I've had a blast. Uh, And it's a goodbye from me. Cheerio. Bye. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out for a chance to win the French Open title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV, live in HD. Don't miss a moment with daily live coverage and match replays on demand, beginning Monday, May 20th. Be there for all the unforgettable moments. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.